this sort of like shame that these people feel about not having a super linear career path that makes sense on paper because it feels like, well, I'm obviously not committed. Honey, that is not the problem. The problem is that society expects you to stick with something and your brain doesn't go like that. This is why ADHD and autism are disabling in our society. They are not themselves disabilities. They disable you in a society that only values the linear progression of a career. This is the neurodivergent creative. Spicy brains unpacking all the shame. It's time for you to come be creative. With Kaylin Fisher as your host and creative coach. They'll change your approach and tell you a joke to lighten your load and help you along or sing you a song. Hello, sunshine. Welcome back to another episode of the Neurodivergent Creative Podcast. And today I'm going to be talking about the fact that the neurodivergent, especially autistic and ADHD, also known as ADHD community, has some issues keeping a linear career path. I'm going to phrase it like that. So I'm going to jump around a little bit and I'm going to start with my book, The Gaslighting of the Millennial Generation. So in my book and just in general, when I talk about sort of career and jobs and trends among career development, millennials tend to job hop. And that has been seen classically as a bad thing because it looks disloyal to the company or whatever, which fuck the company though. Like it's, we're in a late stage capitalist society where workers are being chronically underpaid and companies are recording record high profits. So like, no, no, I will not be loyal to the company that is not taking care of me as it could be. Like it used to be back in the day, right? Like where boomers get this mentality of how careers are supposed to go is that you would get a job and then work your way up at that job. So whether you worked in a factory or a an office or whatever, a school, you would start in basically entry level and work your way up and you could have an entire fulfilling career that paid your bills and had a good pension and retirement plan for your whole life. You could have basically one job for your whole life. We don't do that anymore. Not because millennials and Gen Z, so I forgot which direction I was going. I was like, Gen X? I mean, Gen X also. Those of us currently in the workforce, we can't afford to stay at these jobs long-term. It is actually easier to get a raise by switching jobs. You can't get a raise that more than covers the cost of living increase by staying in your current company that has been examined and researched. So like if you want job loyalty from your employees, you need to give them like 
salary loyalty and quit acting like you can't afford anything. Like this is the cost of labor. The minimum wage has not changed in way too long. What is it? Like 2009, I think it went up to 725 and it's still there. We'll fact check that. It's fine. Um, ew, now I sound like Joe Rogan. Fact check that. Blah, blah, blah. I don't even know what that guy's name is. His fact checker guy. This doesn't matter. All that to say that, yes, we job hop because there's there's no incentive to stay at a job and do a good job there, especially not when they run so lean, companies understaff, so that any one employee's workload is probably like one and a quarter to one and a half to even two times what it should be because of the lack of enough staff to cover people's vacation, people's sick time, things like that. Capitalism is ringing us out and just extracting labor for as little cost to them as possible. That does not loyalty make. The end. Now let's add in some spicy brain sprinkles, right? Just like a little bit of little bit of Cajun seasoning action on this. For our spicy brained fun fact friends, the autistic and ADHD community who we can get into a job and be like, great, cool. I'm going to learn everything about this job. I, God, this is, here's one of my autistic super traits. I used to go into job interviews with a prepared like PowerPoint that I printed off. And I was like, let me walk you through why I'm the best person for the job. And it always left them like jaws on the floor. So impressed with me. And three times out of four that I did this, I got hired. One time was more like an informational interview. I wasn't actually interviewing for a job. I was like, here's why you should hire me when you get a space. So whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, the point there is that I was way over delivering, but that's just who I am as a person. And then when I left jobs, I would often put everything that I knew into a binder or 12 binders. Here's everything I know about product descriptions. Here's everything I know about how we run inventory. Here's everything I know about this. And I would basically just put my brain into binders and guides and SOPs for these jobs because I felt guilty leaving them in the lurch. The people pleasing is gone now. I'm pretty sure at the last place I left, I did not leave them any binders. And I stole a cutting off a Monstera plant, which is now thriving. It's, it's, it's my snarky petty plant. It's my petty plant. Petty is definitely the word I want to use there. I was like, fuck you guys, I'm leaving. So I'm going to take a cutting off this plant that I love. The end. You'll never get it back from me. Okay. So my next point is that... <laughs> The autism side of it can give you like, this job is my special interest. I am now going to master everything and functionally external hard drive my brain into all of these guides and stuff. And that's my specific flavor of like Buffalo spicy autism might not be yours. And then the ADHD side is that like, when we are done with a job, we're like, this sucks. I'm bored. I, the dopamine is no longer here. I'm not doing it. And so then we leave and get a different job. In a society where we all just did things that we were good at and mutually benefited each other, this would not be a problem. This is only a problem in capitalism where we want to see a resume that shows a linear progression of a career path. I hate that. And I used to be a career counselor and I taught people that, right? I was like, let's let's pick you a major and then get you an internship 
so that one day you can get this dream job that aligns with everything. And I'm like, oh, those poor kids. If only I had known the benefits of just doing all the things that seem fun and then following the most fun thing at that time while also ensuring that you get paid. That's the hard part, right? Is that sometimes the most enjoyable things don't pay super great. Does anything pay super great? Like, can you go like get a job at Target that pays super great? I feel like Target is it's just always going to underpay people. And Walmart too. Yeah. Nope. I just saved you from a tangent about Walmart. You're welcome. But this has now come up twice this week when I have been talking to clients. And once, um, several months ago, I had a consult with somebody and this topic came up and it is this sort of like shame that these people feel about not having a super linear career path that makes sense on paper. And that gets internalized as shame because it feels like, well, I'm obviously not committed. I can't see it through. I can't stick to something. Honey, that is not the problem. The problem is that society expects you to stick with something and your brain doesn't go like that. This is why ADHD and autism are disabling in our society. They are not themselves disabilities. They disable you in a society that only values the linear progression of a career, you know? So if you're like, well, I went and I did I did some of this and then I worked in schools and then I did um, this other thing and sometimes I do coaching and now I want to become a writer. Like there's a lot going on there. What if... It's just all part of you and your skill set. Like, what if it didn't need to be packaged up neatly? And of course, if you were applying for like a traditional job, you can work with like a resume professional to make your resume show not exactly like a linear progression of a career, but to showcase your skills as a higher priority than your work experience. Because it's resume magic, and a good resume professional can do the resume magic. And it makes it, it highlights the benefits of all that varied experience, as opposed to when you just write it down chronologically, and you look at it, and you're like, nobody's going to hire me because this doesn't make any sense. You can organize a resume, you can write a cover letter, all that stuff. You can prepare for an interview in ways that highlight your skill development without being like, yeah, I just, I just do stuff till I get bored. And then I leave because that's rough. That's rough to say in an interview. They're not gonna, they're gonna be like, oh no, you're gonna leave when you get bored, which they should be scared of that because if they suck and they're boring, that's on them, not on you. But I do want this to be a helpful podcast episode. So This comes back to the ways that we are creative in so many ways, because a lot of people like creative work. I got into marketing because I liked writing and I wanted to be a full-time copywriter. Marketing has become sort of like a special interest of mine. Writing is a passion of mine. And so I went from a master's degree in higher education administration to temping at a real estate office because I couldn't find a full-time job in my field. Happy master's degree. This was 2011. 
And then I worked full-time as a chemical purchasing manager. I bought chemicals for a specialty chemical manufacturer who made roofing supplies. So I know a lot about silicone for no reason. And then I went into marketing full-time. I had two full-time marketing jobs, and then I quit spectacularly in the summer of 2020 and have been self-employed since. So I have had some kind of longer-term freelance contracts, like six-plus months, Um, For some nonprofits, well, one nonprofit, I worked for another nonprofit for like a month. It didn't work out. And that's fine. My spice did not align with their spice. And sometimes you're going to have that, which is a little stressful when you need money to live and pay your bills, right? So that's the flip side of this is that while I believe that your brain is beautiful and the way that you follow the fun and get the dopamine and shift your job and your work based on your interests and passions at the time. I love that for you. But sometimes that's hard to get a job, which is why I think a lot of ADHD people are called into entrepreneurship because there's less arbitrary rules. So I get to set my schedule. I get to decide who's a good fit client and who's not. There's a lot of freedom in it that you don't have as an employee. And like, I can't solve all the woes of this in one podcast episode, but I did want to shine a little bit of a light on it and talk about the way that this is not a shameful thing. This is not a failure on your part as someone who loses interest in jobs or even in hobbies. Like, Raise your hand if you have supplies for 18 different crafts. Like, this is a common ADHD, I don't want to say problem, but thing. It's common among people who have ADHD that when the interest sort of wanes, it's no longer giving you the good brain chemicals, right? So there's a natural decrease in your interest level in a hobby, in a book, in whatever you're doing. I've just stopped reading books in the middle. I'm like, I can't follow this anymore. Like my brain just doesn't care. So I put the book down. Maybe later I come back to the book. Maybe I don't. No one dies, which is great. So a little more self-compassion would be lovely. Maybe look into the ways that your ADHD, your particular neurospicy brain has led you to so many different experiences, so many different skills, helped you meet so many different people. I can't really regret my work history, even though it was an absolute pain in the ass and sometimes was absolute agony on my neurodivergent parts. Like having to mask, no thank you. I never want to have to be in a situation where I have to mask again. But I have made really great friends at those jobs. I learned really great things at those jobs. And they gave me opportunities to practice setting boundaries, to find my own limits of like my values and whether or not they aligned with a job's values. That's probably an autism thing, right? Like, (laughs) It's always said that autistic people have like a strong sense of justice. And what usually makes me leave a job is like an ethical problem. Yeah, that's so much fun. So at like the chemical company, I started getting really stressed out about how um, 
we got bought out by a bigger corporation. And so I wasn't able to buy from like smaller companies anymore. We had to buy from like the big name companies because they gave us such a price break. Even though it wasn't my money, like I didn't like participating in giving those huge like pollution-y chemical companies tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. I can no longer reconcile this. So I got to (laughs) go. And then just various, various ethical quandaries. Um, I worked at a mattress company and they had like a really strong stance on crib mattresses. And then they were trying to create a product that went against that stance. And I was like, no, you can't tell me that like your product is the safer alternative and then do the thing that you said was unsafe. So I won't be participating in this anymore. And I've talked about this extensively on my podcast before, but in my last job at um, the greenhouse where I worked, they took the company stance that they did not want to publicly support the Black Lives Matter movement because then they would be on the hook for the next movement, like Hispanic Lives Matter. And I'm like, your whole, that whole greenhouse is full of Hispanic people doing underpaid labor for you i'm sure yeah i gotta i gotta go good good luck with your christian company like no so i decided i could no longer be the voice of them so the best way for me to have a career that both allows me to follow the fun and aligns with my values was to become self-employed it's not to say that you have to do it it's hard it's hard as shit and we should talk about that more like It's hard to have your own business. There's a lot that goes into it. But also, don't shame yourself if you have different hobbies or shifting career jobs. Like, there's so much at play. And I want you to think about who you would be without, like, the the pressure, the societal belief that your career path needs to look a certain way to be valuable or worthy. Because that belief is not from you. That is from society. So noodle on that for a little bit. And I will see you next time. My dog's about to bark. So I got to go. Bye. Are you ready to stop hustling to keep up with the status quo and fully create on your terms? Check out my free masterclass. Art is revolution. You will come away with a renewed sense of like, fuck yeah, about your own art and passion. That is my gift to you. If I can make one more person this week go fuck yeah about their passion and their art and their creativity, let it be you. Special shout out to Ashton Powers who created my opening jingle. I love that song. I'm obsessed with it. And I sing it all the time, just in the shower. This is the neurodivergent creative. It's so catchy. Okay, I love you. Bye.